Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic New Media. Featuring radio, TV, webinars, and live events worldwide. And today, presenting Interviews with Authentic You. With your hosts, Michelle Abo, author, international speaker, and also known as the celebrity numerologist. And Jeffrey Miller author, international speaker, and also known as The Interventionist. And now, here's Michelle and Jeff. Enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authentic U Media, Authentic U Radio. We are very pleased to have you with us today. My name is Jeffrey Miller, also known as The Interventionist, and my co-host, the lovely Michelle Abo, celebrity numerologist. Hello, Michelle. Hello, Jeff. Such a pleasure always to be on air with you, but we've got an amazing yes. guest, so I want to get right to this guest. I'm so excited to have the... Yeah, why don't I do... I'm going to do a brief feed on who that guest is, and I'm going to have Please. you for the intro. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so happy to have with us today Crystal Andrus. She is a leader in the field of self-discovery and personal transformation from a very tough beginning one that could easily have spun her into darkness. Crystal has risen to become an international coaching sensation, three-time best-selling Hay House author, international speaker, TV personality, host of The Crystal Andrus Show, and most recently, empowerment class, both on CBS, the New Sky Radio. She's also the founder of the SWAT Institute, Simply Women Accredited Trainer, founder of the new online magazine, Simply Women spokesperson for the health and wellness line of products, Zoomer, as well as world-renowned women's advocate. Her latest book about the emotional age is in the works and will prove to be her greatest accomplishment to, to, to this date. Stay tuned for that, folks. And Michelle, go ahead with the introduction. Oh, wow. Where do I begin? Um, I, you know, I read her backstory before we went on air, and I thought, I, you know, I had no idea that uh, Crystal had had such an amazing journey from, you know, now until the work that she's doing. And so I'm really keen on hearing more about her upcoming book. I know she's got several, but there's the the uh, emotional age. That's really intriguing to me. So I can't wait to hear all about that. Um, I don't know, Jeff. What would you like me to say? I guess I'm kind of... <laughs> Well, you know, a phenomenal, a phenomenal guest, a VIP, a very yeah, special lady, absolutely. Crystal. And welcome to interviews with Authentic You. Well, thank you, guys. It's great to be here. <laughs> great to have, have you, uh, Crystal. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is we we have fun on this show because we have we have folks on this show because we're all about authenticity, Crystal and. You definitely display that. Uh, we talked pre-show, and this is the first time we've actually spoken uh, voice-to-voice, not ever having met personally at this, of this moment. That'll happen and change in the future, but uh, I'll tell you, I, I have looked at YouTube videos this week. I have read your story. I've read about your books, and I'm amazed. Thank you very much. Uh, just phenomenal. The story that you come forth with is so genuine and so authentic. It's just, it's full of authenticity. You know, Michelle has a very, very colloquial expression, be you. Well, you're all about that because that's who you are. And that is one of the biggest reasons when Michelle said, we'd like to have Crystal on the show, I said, absolutely, yes. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, you've got Enjoy this show because you know a lot of you have followed Crystal for some time, and you know firsthand from working with her, speaking with her, watching the shows. I mean, I watched the videos today, Crystal, again of some of the the you know the helping ladies you know with the weight loss and stuff like that. And you you're there. You you've certainly lived that. You knew that from your life story. And how powerful is that? For you to walk on stage with somebody to walk on in front of a camera and say, folks, I can, ladies, I can help you. I've been there. I've done that. This is what you can do, and empower them as a coach. God love you. That's fantastic. 
Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, I think when you're, um, I think when you've experienced something, and not everybody that experiences something decides to teach about it, but I guess really my my passion, and it's not even a passion, it's just a, um, it's what I do. It, you know, some people hear music and they start to, you know, snap their fingers and they can hear the different sounds, and when I hear someone speak, um, I... I'm instantly processing. I'm processing what they're saying and why are they saying that? Why are they where are they resonating and where are they emotionally at and, and why are they making that choice versus that choice? And so I've been someone who's always been really uh loved to understand why we do what we do. That that was always big. But you know, I'm also someone when I experience something and I have an aha moment, as Oprah calls it, or I have a breakthrough in my own life. And I mean, it could be this morning. I'm already teaching about it this afternoon. I'm I'm an instant sort of, I process it out. Like, wow, you know what just happened? And then that happened. And this is where it got me. Now I have to share that. And that sort of honesty was really my own cathartic healing. It was me healing from things, processing. Why would that person say that to me? And why? And I got really good at it. So it just made sense. It was just a natural progression that when I would see people making real bad choices or, you know, it became, well, you know, you don't have to do that. We could do it this way. It's about shortening the learning curve. And the as soon as I see a shortened learning curve, whether I learn it from someone, whether I have someone who's mentored me, I instantly have to share that um, it's so natural. It's not even, it's so effortless to share what I know. And, I get paid doing it, and it's incredible. So what, what's better than that? How true is that, huh? <laughs> wow. Wow. Michelle, you know all about that. <laughs> yeah, well, just listening to what you're saying, Crystal, you know, it's so true that um, it's just what we do. You know, it's not really a passion per se, but it's just it's something natural. that we have to live. You know, it's it's, it's, it's just a, natural. It's like telling someone... Yeah. yeah, my husband will say to me, you know, I I go from one, I'm reading a book, and then I will, you know, he'll come in my office, and I'm listening to some video, some lecture, some workshop, and then I'm, I'm journaling, and then I'm, he, you know, and then I'm coaching people, and then I'm doing a radio show, and he does, he always comments like, doesn't your brain ever turn off? Don't you wanna, don't you wanna turn it off? And I look at him like, oh, that's like, I don't know, that's like <laughs> asking somebody when they're listening to the radio not to listen to the radio. It yeah. I it doesn't turn off. <laughs> so it's yeah. so it's just I it's just me and so getting to do what I do and being able to, you know, share it is is uh beyond cool. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know, I'm just so interested in this uh emotional age uh thing. And Isn't I know this great? is new for you. Is this a new book? Is this a new it's a new book, I, it's, a new concept, it's a new philosophy, <laughs> it's a new psychology, it's uh-huh, a uh-huh. yeah, it's um you know, I funny enough, I it just came to me, call it Baron Reed, she's starting a new course tonight and I said to her, You know what, I'm gonna do your course. Um and she was talking about it and the way she said it to me is uh we were talking about my this new concept I have and she has this concept that she's working. She said we were just both talking about this just a couple of days ago, how how incredible is it when you actually feel like you've um, been given? That's truly what it is because if something's new and it's never been done before, it's different when things have been done before and you have a different angle on it. That's still beautiful. It's, it's still needed. The world always needs different voices, different angles. You know, how do we love ourselves more? There's a billion books about it, but every one is still important because that one book might just that one person reads it and to change one life is huge. But to get something that's new, that's, I went online and when I, first, when I literally got this idea and then started looking up everywhere, does anyone, is this, am I remembering something from someone else? Did I read this somewhere and I'm, I'm regurgitating it, not knowing? It's like a musician. They often have to put the lyrics, they write a song and then they have to put their lyrics in and Google it just to be sure. I didn't hear this on the radio somewhere and I'm stealing someone's lyrics. I literally did that because this came to me, this concept of emotional age and that we all have a chronological age. Scientists have now determined we have a biological age. So you could be 60 but have taken such great care of yourself, you're really like a 40-year-old. And you could be 40 and abuse yourself that you're really like a 90-year-old. So that's one concept. And it's a, it's a really brilliant concept, and it's really scientifically taken hold. And so when this came to me, this idea that, wait, I work with women and men and men, but really I've worked with women who tell me about the men in their lives. So And I have my own experience. So... 
when I had this concept that I, I'm working with a woman and I'm listening to choices she's making and I'm thinking to myself, you make worse choices than my teenage kids. You're <laughs> 50. Why are you making decisions like this? This seems like you're a wounded, rebellious teenager. And then on the other hand, I would be coaching a woman that's 25 who has no children, who is so responsible and and can't let loose and can't have a good time and can't and I think you're like a boring old woman emotionally you emotionally are so disconnected from life you're not alive you're 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 dying so I started to kind of look at this like a spectrum could you imagine if we could actually create a spectrum of what it means to be emotionally at your best, to emotionally be on your game. So imagine how that would play out in your relationships. Imagine the kind of mother you would be with your children. Imagine the kind of uh, lover you would be, uh, the, the kind of business partner you would be, the kind of entrepreneur you could be. Imagine how you'd be if you went to work every day. You know, it, it just became, I became fascinated. So it's been two years of studying, like when I say studying, I have probably bought, it's actually become a kind of cuckoo, I need another room for books, because I just keep, I just am in total research mode. I finally put together, you know, I was doing talks on it over the course of the last two years, about two years, because really the truth is when you get a concept that, that's this really amazing, if I can say, um, I had to keep testing it. I had to do, I had to test it on my clients. I had to, I had to do some courses. I actually have another course starting with it called Get the Emotional Edge, and it's a 12-week telecourse that starts next Wednesday night. So it's so great that we're having this conversation today. Um, but I, I had to test it, and I had to keep, so I would do coaching, and I'd get on the phone, and I'd realize, you know, the woman would be telling me, my husband's just cheated on me, and blah, blah, blah. And then I'd hear her talking, and she sounded more like his mother. And the more she would talk, and then I'd realize, and, and then I might see a picture of her on Facebook, and I'd think, you have lost your mojo, and you have a naughty little boy. You are his mother, and he's a naughty little boy. Or on the other hand, I would have women that would just be drama and dysfunction, and and then I'd, I'd find out more about that relationship and think, your husband's your father, and he he's enabling you by disabling you, by being so codependent that he's allowed you to be so emotionally inept, and you've created this, and... So it became um, just a huge project for me for the last couple of years. Now, when I say the last couple of years, me just fermenting on it, playing with it, talking about it, trademarking it, then I I put together a book proposal. And, you know, the first place I brought it to, um, which has been nine months, I've never actually heard of a publisher, uh, for nine months we've been brainstorming. Since last January, this last, just passed, for nine months, we have brainstorming sessions with you know, the head of marketing and the head of the editor and the head, the VP of the company, and everybody gets, this is huge and it's got to be done right. It has to be done right because this truly could be the next practical psychology because archetypes, people get archetypes, and it has to be done in a way that's scientific enough that people understand that the archetypes conjure up words, and when you just say the word mother or father, there's an archetypal feeling that you get. And when you think of mother, you think that is a person that should protect. That is a person who should be selfless and giving. And, and that, that's, that is an archetype. Same with father. Father should protect. He should take care. He's, uh, he's the, the backbone. He's the, the trouble is with those two archetypes, when they're taken to an extreme of emotional age, that that archetype doesn't actually benefit the world because let's imagine you are a woman and you have great dreams for your life or you're a man and you have great dreams for your life, but you give to the point of exhaustion and sickness, which we know now happens. We know now that if you're selfless to the point of, of just, you know, you will die. You will die. You will get cancer. You will get heart disease. You will be stressed. You will your 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 relationships suffer because um, you're not in your in your most empowered place. And so there is a real beautiful balance between giving and receiving, taking and you know sharing and um, having your needs met and meeting the needs of others. And and as we as I really started working on this, I thought wow, if we could really create a triangle where the top of that triangle was 
you know, you've reached the mountaintop. You are on the penthouse. You're on the top floor. You're on your game. You're in the highest level of consciousness. You are emotionally so empowered that everything you do and every way you interact and every way you react, and uh, if you could reach that point or at least have a mindfulness of that, that point, then each side of that triangle, one side is that mother energy, father energy, one side is that son energy, daughter energy, right down to, at the very lowest level, is a helpless child, but not in chronological age, in emotional age, or on the other side, a complete martyr, so that you give to the point of of overgiving. So if we could climb the mountain, it wouldn't really matter if I was in daughter energy or mother energy, because often you just swing back and forth until you learn how to transcend. And and that's really what this book and this course is all about, teaching people. First, it's with women, because I I work with women, so I want to test it out and be so strong and hear what they say about the men in their life and get the feedback. And then uh, the next book will be what women really want and what men really need, and it will be a relationship book. Oh, Crystal, I want to add lib on that, because as uh, pre-show, I introduced myself to you. You and I, as we've mentioned, had never spoken before. However, uh, we relate. And I hear exactly what you're saying. I am known as the interventionist. I'm trained by Tony Robbins' crew, and as a strategic <coughs> event, which is not the same as, as we had mentioned to doing drug and rehab and things like that. However, I can do that. I just have not. I have clients, and believe it, just as you, most of my clients are women, and also as hypnotherapist and, and, and a NLP practitioner, and I grouped the three together, and I've been writing a book on it. It's called The Change Machine, 21 Days to Change Your Mind, and that book is in the works right now as well. And I, so I can hear you would relate to you, as well as Michelle will be chiming in on that as well. She's got two of them on their way out. But here's the thing, emotions. Emotions are an amazing thing, and what most people don't realize, emotions are feelings, but the emotions we have don't come to us, we go to them. And right. they'll learn they'll learn how they're to learn. When do they right. start? You're a child because you're born in the bliss of love. You come into the world and you learn Hopefully you, you're born in the bliss of love. Hopefully exactly. you were born and hopefully you, your mother was blissful through her pregnancy. Parents, by parents, yeah. And you learn what you live and live what you learn. And right. he, and we come into adulthood thinking we're these big people with this age attached to us, this human life age on this planet and human body, and all of a sudden we realize just exactly what you said. You're at the bottom of the heap. You're you're the mother to the bad little boy. You're the you're the you're the, you know he's or the daddy. Or you're the father to the naughty girl. Exactly. Or and, you're the two naughty children in the most raising children, and you have this dysfunctional, explosive. Right. D- dramatic, poisonous, toxic relationship because you're like two teenagers raising teenagers, and you're and and you or mother and father. Imagine we've seen those relationships. You go into a restaurant and you see a couple, and you think, I just look at them and go, that's a mother and father archetype together. And I bet you, you they haven't had sex in five years. There you go. And, and it's amazing. They're so got- bored. They're yeah, so yeah. bored. <laughs> There's no yeah, passion. Is. So, so it's, studying the and it can stay alive. We see people like you can think about your role models as men, Jeff, and and Michelle for you as as women and men. And I too, I can look at Jane Fonda in her seventies and say, she's still got her mojo. You know, yeah. I you you can look at women that are in their seventies and eighties and still say, oh, they didn't lose it because they got older. In fact, they're more empowered, more beautiful, more alive more wise, more whole than they've ever been. So this is exciting to know that as we age, we become more beautiful and empowered. Oh, I like that. That sounds good. I've been being told that recently, and I'm really starting to like it. (laughs) Yes, Uh, and I think there's a lightheartedness to this energy. I think there's a joyfulness and a playfulness. And, you know, when you're caught up in all the drama um, down in those lower resonating places or those lower emotional places, you're a mother that's in guilt, whether she has to feel guilty or not, but realistically, and and again, Jeff, this is something that just isn't taught anywhere in schools unless you take a woman's studies course in college or university, that, you know, for women, and this is why I do the work primarily first with women, is that women need to learn that we've actually been set up and we've allowed ourselves, and here's, here's an honest moment, is it was set up, whether it is not to bash men because the men today didn't set it up, no man, if I have a son, and I don't, but if I had a son, I wouldn't be angry at 
my son for being a man. I'm not angry at my husband for being, I'm not angry at any man. He didn't set this up. But 6,000 years ago, women were stripped of their rights completely. We were told to walk a few steps behind. And right up until 100 years ago, a woman wasn't considered a person by law. She had she had no rights. She couldn't own a piece of property. She couldn't. If her husband decided to give her children up for adoption because he couldn't afford them, she had no recourse. If hmm. a, a woman just had no rights, she couldn't vote. She couldn't run for office. She couldn't get a mortgage. My gosh, 30 years ago, a co- woman couldn't get a mortgage without a man. So we fell into two roles, and that was I better be so darn cute and such a pleaser, and I better know how to please my man because I need him to take care of me. Or I better be so darn good at cooking and cleaning and taking care of this house because I need that man, because I can't do it on my own. So we haven't had that that woman energy archetype, really. Not in the media. We may have had a strong grandmother that we loved who said, I'm not putting up with that. But ultimately, she still had no rights. So this is new for women. And when a little boy is born, when you were two years old, Jeff, and your mom had to click off what you were, a mister, uh, you were a mister at two years old. And when you became 21, you were a mister. And if you got married, you were a mister. If you got divorced, you were a mister. You never change. You're a mister. You're not defined by anyone but yourself. When Michelle was a little girl or I was a little girl, we were a miss. And if we were lucky enough to get married and have a man that wanted us, we became a missus. Our status changes in the world. But God forbid we get divorced. We're now a miss. So it still isn't the same playing field. So what I teach is never, ever anti-man. It's let's see what they've done and let's get to an equal playing ground so that we're not above, we're not below. We're partners in this. And if you can get a man and a woman who get this, the unstoppable force and power of that relationship, that's really when you say, Wow, that's a team. And that's what marriages should be, an unbelievable team. Whether it's a marriage, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter. But that's what business should be, women, when we come together in business. When I go to work, if I'm working with a man, I want to be, I, I want to be on this. I want to be a woman. I want to be feminine. I, I love wearing dresses. I love that I get to wear makeup. It's fun for me. I have no desire to be a man. No desire, nor does my husband have any desire to be a woman. That's great. But I still want to go in there and be my most authentic, my most empowered, my most, if I'm vocal because I have an opinion, I want to use my voice, I want to speak it, I want to be respected. And we still have millions of women around the world who can't show their ankles or they will be killed. Things have to Hmm. change. So that's the work that I'm really all about. Well, Michelle, jump in here. No, you've got I to have, have to. Something to say. No, absolutely, I have to jump in because there's so many points you're touching on, Crystal. I mean, definitely, it's this collective energy that I'm seeing, you know, globally, and and it's right. I mean, it has to change. There's, you know, I lived it, and and I can absolutely relate to what you're saying because, for the you know the better part of a decade, I spent being a stay-at-home mom slash building my empire from behind the scenes, and I can remember being that mother energy, you know, always give, give, giving to everyone, but I. I was completely burned out at the end. Burned of it. out, you know, I, and you I, love I, your yeah, children. Absolutely. You're not talking. I when do. You say I'm not yeah. going to be in mother energy. You're not saying I'm not going to be a good mother. You're going to be a better mother in woman energy. Yes. Yeah. And you know, I hit rock bottom. I really did. And I. I just, that's I what that energy does. That's what that mother or father energy does. Frustrated every day, saying, you know, I have so much to do, but I can't. I can't do it. And I remember the start of it. I actually left the corporate world and was making the dive into being a full-time mom because my daughter at the time was exhibiting signs of being a high-functioning autistic. So at the time, uh, I remember being devastated, thinking, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm supported by someone else. And I I was living in this fear mode for a long time, um, you know, and I just, I guess I threw myself into the mother energy. And like you say, I have to be the best I can be or someone won't want me, you know, that kind of thing. So I was really trying to... Both of those Mm -hmm. energies are proving yourself. I have to prove my worth so that I can ask him for money to go shopping on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I have to prove Mm -hmm. my worth all the time. And and, in the daughter energy, I have to prove my worth that I'm sexy enough, I'm playful enough, I'm a kitten enough. I want you just to know your worth. Yes, and I, I have to say I hit rock bottom and it was that pivotal moment when I literally dropped everything that I was doing and I just 
you know, hit the, the lowest of the lows. But that was the point when, and I loved this emotional thing because that's when it switched for me, when I switched over from analyzing everything to just going with how I felt. You know, when Be I more knew that flow. I was... Yeah, you know, when I knew that I was at that place, okay, uh-oh, you know, I need to take some me time or I need to do this right now so, you know, the kids may have to go to a sitter or those kinds of things. So I started to get a healthy balance, but it took hitting rock bottom to do it. And we have to have more women who will be honest because if we have women who are, you know, and as I say this, I know for a fact, people look at me like I'm a superhero. In fact, my best friend who a couple of weeks ago I had to say to her, I can't do that. I have too much on my plate. She texted me back and said, what the hell have I been thinking? Why do I think you're a superhero? Like, you're not, you're a woman. So I know people think that, you know, sometimes when you when you do step into your woman energy and you really be you're in the flow and you really start creating and things start coming together so much easier because you have boundaries and and it looks like you're a superhero. But I want to really say to the woman who's not really feeling like a superhero but faking it, you're doing a disservice to all women. You're doing a disservice by acting like the house is always spotless, the kids are always fabulous, my marriage is really great, I'm really ha- like you're doing you're doing a disservice to yourself. You're better to say I have highs and lows. Sometimes it's really good, and I'm really, and I'm, and you know, the reality is, the more that you can be honest about where you're really feeling, like I'm can't keep this up, I maybe I just can't keep this up for two more days, and I just need some rest, and then I'll be okay again. But there has to be a level of such honesty, and in woman energy, there's such a level of, and man energy. So in that emotional age, that is a really empowered emotional age, there's a real knowingness of of how full your cup is, and. If it's getting emptied out, I am no good to anybody. And now is my point that I say I have to refuel at whatever cost. And the the secret is learning how to refuel every day so that your emotional cup stays full. So there it it it's you have so much that the emotional juice that it takes a lot to to knock you into that state of I'm I'm done, I'm burnt out. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. You know, it did, you know, it did take a lot. Wow. Yeah, and most of us don't do that. What we don't, we have, we're not taught it. So it just keeps emptying out, emptying out, emptying out. And we think, we look around, and we think, surely, my boss, my kids, my husband, my parents, somebody's going to notice all that I'm doing, and tell me I'm wonderful. <laughs> surely, someone is going to say, <laughs> Mom, thank you for yes. those fabulous meals you've been making, and for doing my laundry the way you. No, that doesn't happen. So you have to do it for yourself. You have to have that recognition that I I have to step away right now. There's things I have to do because it really does make you. And that's only one thing. That's only one aspect of this, of emotional age. There's still a whole level of courage. There's willingness. There's learning how to channel anger. There's, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a really neat process when you can get your head fully around what it means. And you don't need years of therapy. You literally need a mindfulness of what, what does an empowered, who would my role model be? Let me at least guess, or with me at my very best. If I could imagine me at my very best, if I could close my eyes, and don't close your eyes and picture yourself at 20 if you're 40 and think that's me at my best. That was you at 20. Me at 40, what would be me at 40, my very best? What would I look like at a, as a 40-year-old at my very best? And I'm older than 40, but I'm using that as an age. So what kind of, if I was my best version of me as an as a entrepreneur, what would that look like? How would I be with my employees? How would I treat people? If I were at my very best as a wife, what would that look like? So I can quickly do a, a checklist. If I'm all of a sudden veering off and my husband says something and I want to slam the door and run out, I would know that's daughter energy. I would know. I, I have such a mindfulness of what would a woman do. It, you know, My first question, and this happened about seven years ago, um, the ending of a very long-term relationship, and it was... I had to end it. I had to end it as a woman because I become a mother and he became my son and I I didn't respect myself anymore. I couldn't respect I didn't respect myself. I didn't respect him. I didn't trust him. And I I needed to know that I could always trust myself to take care of myself no matter what. I needed that level of self-trust and I was losing the ability to trust myself to take care of me because I was giving away more than I could afford to lose emotionally, financially, 
So I had to end the relationship. And when I ended it, it was ended with so much dignity that I thought, man, if you could teach this to people, I love you so much. I love you more right now than I've ever loved you. But I am disabling you by enabling you to not be the man that you can be. And I'm not saying it's over forever. And I don't know if we're meant to be forever in a day. But I know that right now I no longer respect myself or like myself in this relationship. And we need to we need to get help. And and he wasn't prepared to do it in the relationship, so you're gonna have to you're going to have to leave my space because I don't like who I am anymore. And every day I would cry because I loved him. I didn't leave him not loving him. I cried, but I knew I had to have dignity. I had to have a level of dignity for myself. And he would call, I love you, miss you, and I'd say, did you speak to anyone? Have you gotten a job? Did you blah, blah, blah? And he'd go, no. And I'd say, well, when you do that. And I had a limit in my head, a year. I literally in my head said, for one year, I will, I will have dignity, and I will have honor for this relationship, and I will give him a chance to step into the man that I, I believe he could be. And I need to become the woman I need to become because I won't become it, and I won't be the woman I need to be in the world if I don't get this figured out. And every day, it, wow. it, it, every day I would I would meditate. I would sit in my rocking chair, and I would pray, and I would cry, and I would say, what would courage have me do? That was my question every day. What would courage have me do right now? And every day courage said, you can't take him back, not even for a booty call. You can't do that. Courage would have you stand in your dignity and honor and trust that that, that will somehow bring you to the place you need to be and every day I did and it took a year literally a year and I called him after a year because I was still really hurting and missing and I reached out to him and in that moment I realized it was it he nothing had changed and I was able to say a proper loving goodbye goodbye this is not I will love you forever I don't care if we aren't in the same you know, postal code, I don't care. I, I will always love you, but there is someone for you that will help support you that I, I can't. That was emotionally such an empowered way that I did that, that I realized we don't have to be crazy. We don't have to do things in the way that we've all been programmed to do things. We don't have to demonize people. We don't have to demonize our boss. We don't have to demonize our kids. We don't have to demonize our parents. We can do things with a level of grace and courage that is so empowered that you feel so good about yourself. And when you feel good about yourself, you make good choices and you attract good things and life turns around. Awesome points, Crystal. I have to interject. This is, because, you know, I'm the guy here. <laughs> I am a man and I'm listening and I'm going, uh-huh, uh-huh, I totally get it. And, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that immortal statement, you've all come a long way, baby. Because yeah. <laughs> you're, you're right, right up to the moment, you're absolutely right. When we think about that, that self-empowerment that you're mentioning, which is so critical for people, both men and women, by the way, folks, you've got to consider this first. Do I love myself enough? Do you love yourself? Can you go to the mirror, look in that mirror, and say, unconditionally, I love myself. I'm not perfect I might have been born that way, but my living years on this earth, of course, are what they are, and I've become who I am as a result. Now I'm going to take all those broken roads, and I'm going to make it the best of my best so that you change, and change is a tough thing. I did a new video on change this morning, an empowerment video. I, you know, as the interventionist, I come out with them every periodically for the programming I've got coming up. And change is one of the hardest things we can do because we stay stuck in the rut. It's like the vehicle, you drive down the country road, and the next thing you know, there was a rainstorm last night, and your wheels start spinning, and you go sliding off the side, and you're stuck. We get stuck in our minds subconsciously. We get stuck there all the time. That said, men also must have an emotional age, correct? And can you describe that for us? And then of course. After, of course. After that, I want to swing into Michelle a bit because... The new, you know, we're, I can't believe it. We've got like 26 minutes left to show. It's like, wow, this is fun. As we said, we would have fun. Michelle has got some stuff she wants to talk about as far as the numerology and people and relationships, which really correlates with what you're saying. And it's really powerful. So first, if you would, about men and their emotional age. Well, it's the same. It's the very the same. Like, I, you know, I gave it the archetype of father, mother, woman, man, son, daughter, um, or however that lined up, um, but 
it's the same thing. I'm, I'm, a man's energy, when a, when a man is in his, you know, a man really does, you know, and I, I try to explain this to women, and, you know, this, it's been tough the last 50 years. Feminism had to happen. The women's movement had to happen. It's no different than abolishing slavery. It had to happen. And then people became very angry for a long time. And then there was, you know, this real discord. And I am so freaking happy that a black man is the president of the United States for for, for many reasons, because I love him. But, but for the fact that, and I don't mean to be political, but for the fact that we can start to have peace. You know, this pendulum was so far one way that it, when, it, when it lets go, it's going to go all the way the other. So women were so oppressed that when the pendulum swang, swung, rather, you know, a lot of people will say, feminism destroyed families, and marriages are... And I'm like, well, yeah, and, and the poor kids that were the result, but had to happen. So there's a lot of anger for a long time, and there's still anger, and there's still so much work to do. But I think there's enough empowered women now that that that, that, that anger is being channeled in a different way. So the reality is, the emotional age is this—it's becoming the same. And what I try to tell women, going back to what I was first saying, is about men. I say, you know, a man—a man loves his woman the way a woman loves her child. And do you get that? And they'll say, ah. And I said, no. Do you have you ever heard the song when a man loves a woman? You know, his best friend can put her down. When a man really loves and truly loves, he loves his woman and wants to protect her, love her, take care of her the way a woman loves and wants to protect her child. That's, that's a natural hierarchy. It doesn't mean a man's higher or lower. But it's very important that the man has that level of love for his woman. And that just has to be there. That has to be there for a relationship to work. And so when I say this often to women, they'll say, ah, no, men are all this. And I'm like, no, there's been a real, the last 50 years, I get that it's not been very fun for a lot of relationships, for a lot of couples, for a lot of men and women. But men are the same, and men, men when they're too in that father energy, become too controlling. There's, they, it's too controlling, and they, they, they view so much protection that they, that's unhealthy. So when a man can take it back and just be in that place where he's in his man energy, he's in his mojo, he's feeling good about himself, he needs to have boy time, men time, I really encourage that, and I have to say that to all the women that go, and he goes out with them. I'm not saying go out to the bar with the boys, but men, absolutely, why they need to play sports, why they are tribal. They need to be in a tribe. These are things that they, their testosterone will raise. They will be happier. They don't need to sit and talk about their problems because that just reminds them of their problems. Women, on the other hand, we actually release oxy- oxytocin, a hormone, when we talk about our problems that soothe us. We're different, and it's okay to be different. So the emotional ages, although the maybe the um, individual qualities are different, it's still it's almost like it conjures up that thing: a father to the mother, which is too much. It's too much. It's too protective, too controlling. It's too controlling, and you want to control everything. The reality is, mother energy is. I need to take care of everything for you because I don't believe that you can do it. I need to do everything for everybody because nobody can do it like I can do it. And that's actually not empowered. So those are the ages right down to sun energy. And sun energy for a man can be anything from a player to a naughty little boy to, I mean, he's just not... He thinks other people need to take care of him. Other people, he doesn't have that sense of control. This is where addictions come. This is where you need to step in as an interventionist and strategize with people because they are, they're so into me. It's all about me, and I've forgotten that there's a we. That's that son and daughter energy, me, 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 me. And that, that older, mature, very extremely mature is all about, I forgot about me. It's all about everybody else, and there's a balance in there. That is correct, and that's that's the secret to relationships that I teach in coaching is that we have to start to understand that each side has to give 100%. And you have to put ego right out of the way and say, look, I love you this much. I care about who you are. I want to know what your needs, wants, and desires are in life, and I'm going to serve them. 
And when we do that and we come to the middle, that's what you're talking about, coming to the middle. Yeah, Absolutely. the trouble is, though, Jeff, I don't think we know enough about what, you know, I, I again, I work with women who are like, I don't understand his needs, wants, and I have been cooking for him. I just had this conversation on the weekend. She's like, I don't, I just love him. Now, he's left you the second time for another woman, and you still want him back. I love him. I'm going to stand by him. I'm going to, that's what love yeah, is. Love is unconditional. Yeah, she's not receiving. That's the problem. I I explained to her, do you understand how men tick? This is not how a man ticks. If you tell him, I love you, I stand by you, I'll stay here, I'll wait for you, he'll keep you waiting because he knows he can come back any time. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. That's enabling. And that's that's another whole question that's going to come up. And when my new show starts in a couple of weeks, The Interventionist, I will have you on because we are going to speak about that. We will get right into that stuff. But, uh, Michelle, we got about 20 minutes of showtime left. I'd love for you to interject about, you know, how people and their energy are when it comes to the numbers. Well, I was just looking at your number, Crystal, and I happened to notice there were double eights there. And I, I was just talking the other day about Madonna, Lady Gaga, Michael Jackson, Christina Aguilera. They all have multiple eights in their date of birth. And I was talking to you before the show about the, the number eight and how many women are lacking that in their numerological makeup. So it's, to me, I'm seeing the trend like you are, where women are needing to step into their personal power and find Bam! out. Bam! <laughs> yeah! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm, you know, I'm very keen on learning your date of birth for sure. I won't ask you on air, but we'll have to do oh, that. Oh, I'm happy to uh, tell you. Off-air. December 11th, 1970. <laughs> oh, okay. So there it is. December 11th, 1970. You can tell me whatever you want to tell me. No pressure. Oh, wow. Oh, here okay. we go. All right. Oh, okay, so that makes sense. Oh, so you're carrying the God frequency. Oh, I love this. Love it, love See, it, love it. Okay. So, oh, wow. Okay, so yeah, I mean, you've got such great uh, energy in terms of um, expression. I mean, you've got the eight in there because you're, if you look at your year, it always shows you the how. So what is your gift and how are you sharing it with the world? And it's the 17-8 for you. And this, the word God, which is the topic of my third book, it's going to be called the God Frequency because it's something I've stumbled upon that is, you know, it's, it represents why we're all here, regardless of our path or purpose. So when I see someone carrying the God frequency as their how, to me it really stresses that you are here to spread wisdom and knowledge for soul's growth, which is really what we're all here for. But when someone carries it directly like that, it's big, it's global, it's you know, it's a, it's a bigger calling than just in your own small community. I There's got the always God that. Frequency! Well, yeah, there you go, girl. And and also, I mean, your gift, you know, your gift, if you add your month and your day, it shows you what your gift is, and it's a five for you. So it's the number of the heart, it's the number of compassion, it's also the number of freedom of expression. So it's, you know, I have the same gift, and there's always this unrelenting drive to want to express and to want to share and to want to um, spread truth the way that we see it. And it's interesting you say uh, in the beginning, you were saying, um, you were kind of touching on the fact that there's multiple ways to see the same truth, you know. And, and for me, I, I like astrology, I like numerology. There's all kinds of different ways to see truth from different angles. And sometimes we need a different angle to really see it. So like you were saying about the books and, um, you know, you could read a thousand books and see it from all these different perspectives. And for one person they might get it from that book and you might get it from the other book. So it's I think it's um you know having that freedom of expression number as your gift. You know, it's it's kind of this energy that says I can bring all these little pieces in and compile it to make a different view. So it's it's such a freeing energy. But, but I want to see um what your life path is. Let me see. 17 Oh, okay. So you are. Oh, okay. So you're a master number. One of the master numbers. You're the master builder. Wow. <laughs> so the master builder. Um, yeah, it's a really great energy. I mean, the master builder is like Earth Angel energy. So you go in and you kind of say, okay, no, look, this is how we set it up. This is what we need to do to rebuild foundation. And then you step back and you say, okay, my work here is done. You know, kind of, you know, swishing your hands together. If you could think of that yeah. image, you know, where you kind of go in and say, no, look, you've got a group of women, and you say, okay, no, look, this, this, and this. This is how we're going to rebuild it for you. And then you step back. You know, uh, so the master builder. That's a great point, uh, Michelle, because I, 
I am, even as a coach, uh, years ago I would have, you know, imagine being a hairdresser and having your same clients over and over and over and over. I was a coach that had the same clients over and over, and then I reached a point where I realized this isn't what I want to do. I want to be able to give you one, two, three max sessions, and I want you to go out there in the world and take that information. Now, if you need to come back and see me in a year from now or two years from now for one, two, three sessions, I'm not three. interested in being, I can't be a therapist that listens to the same problems over and over. Yeah, you are the foundation builder. So you give people the tools to rebuild their foundation. That's essentially what you do. And what how they rebuild that foundation is up to them. So it, it really is kind of like earth angel energy, where if you think about an earth angel, they kind of swoop in, do what they need to get, do, and they're gone in a flash. So that's I love what that. you Thank carry. you. But I have to say one other point is that you were in a superb year. I mean, you were in an 11-year as a personal year, and it's, I always say it's the power year because I love 11. 11 is like, you know, the highest the ele- when's number. When's the 11 year? This year for you is your 11 year, so it is a okay. power year for you. So you're really in the zone, so to speak. It is a yep. self-reflective energy, but at the same time, it is a power energy because it's really spiritually, you know, emotionally transformational. A lot of people who are in an 11 year, and I'm in one, and it's been a fabulous year on one hand, but also very self-reflective on the other. So, yeah. you know, it's it's kind of a delicate balance, but if you think about being on the spiritual mountain and saying, okay, this is how far I've come, where do I want to go next? So it is a pivotal year. 11 is that frequency that really represents the new paradigm. If you think about 11, it reduces down to 2, which is really this generation of kids, they're being born with multiple 2s, and so 2 is really this frequency. It's a number of intuition and sensitivity. It represents kind of the new age, so to speak. So a lot of people who are in the 11 right now or maybe have 11 as their life path or I'm seeing a lot of women in particular being called to their post right now uh, with 11s and tens on their upper two cycles. So for you, I mean, it's, I, I'm not at all surprised that you're carrying the 11 this year because there are a lot of women really being called uh, to be those healers and those people that are going to help us through this crisis mode because the world is in crisis in a lot of ways. There's a big change happening, you know, and I don't know, is. you know, I've, I've, I'm not huge on this. I don't know enough about it, but dabbled in it a little bit, just about the Earth's Kundalini. And there is really, you know, there's a, a great book called The Serpent of Light Beyond 2012. There really is this rise of female light, and it's been happening yeah. from 1949 to 2013. And he talks about that, that, you know, it, that, the polarity of the Earth's Kundalini changes to the opposite pole every, I think it's 12,900, yeah, so, yeah 12,920 or something like that. And, um, you know, it's just shifted. It just shifted in December 2012. And I, and yeah. I love it because, it, you know, it really talks this female spiritual light that's happening. Um, and he writes about this in this book, and I'm just grabbing the page. He says, this female spiritual light will permeate the entire range of human experience from female leaders in business and religion to female heads of state. By 2012-2013, this female spiritual light will become so strong as to become obvious to all who live on this dear planet and will continue to grow for thousands of years. So there is definitely a, a feminine energy, and it's an earth energy. It's, a, it's an earth energy that has just um, shifted, and so... It is time for women to really step into their power, and there's such great healing that will happen and will continue to happen. I think that as much as everybody talks about the earth is in a terrible place, I see it from the the cup half full that I think, my gosh, think back to the torturing, the ways, the dark ages, the medieval times. We are actually in the age of of enlightenment and, and consciousness, and there are more people stepping into this in uh, enlightened way of thinking than we've ever had. So I think great change is coming, and I, I really believe it's happening. And I just think the more that people wake up and step emotionally into a more empowered place, the brighter they shine. And that's your individual most important job that you can do on the face of this earth is to shine brightly and to be as empowered and as happy and as joyous as you can be because that's how we eradicate darkness. I mean, what is darkness? Evil. What is evil? Evil is the absence of light. It's pure darkness. And if we just all became energetically bright, energetically empowered, energetically loving and peaceful and enlightened and kind and uh, trusting and faithful, and the world would be a bright, beautiful place. And I just believe there wouldn't be a place for that, that, that heaviness to, to, to reign the way it has in the dark ages. So that's my take on what's happening, and I think there really is a, a global shift happening. 
Good point. Yeah, and you know what? I have to say, um, you're so timely with this um, emotional energy stuff because this year, 2013, is all about relationships, but I'm always stressing to people it's more about the relationship with ourselves than it is about relationships with other people. So I think you bringing this um, energy and helping women heal that part of themselves is critical because next year is a seven, which is all about authenticity. Seven is the truth seeker. So it's really about stepping into who you truly are and who you're supposed to be. So this year is a really strong focus on relationships, but more so on a personal level and really saying, okay, who am I? Who am I really supposed to be? I lost myself. I have to find myself. That kind of energy. And there's so many women struggling with that right now. So I can't stress enough how timely this is. Great. That's wonderful to hear. You downloaded uh, so much I downloaded. That's exactly what I feel. It was downloaded and I just took Mm -hmm. it. I went, okay, I'm an open conduit right now. I will download this information. What I also love is you talked about the eights and I was married. Uh, My husband and I chose to get married on 888, August 8, 2008. And we just had our fifth wedding anniversary and he bought me the most beautiful ring unexpectedly. It had five eights, five for our anniversary. So I have this beautiful diamond, eight diamonds, eight, eight, five eights, like the infinity of the eights. So Mm -hmm. eight is my number, and eight is when I Uh decided to get married. So I I love that eight is powerful, and I'm up there with Madonna and Lady Gaga right on. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Wow, that's fantastic. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I wanted to congratulate you also. Nominated the past four years by the Royal Bank of Canada as the top female entrepreneur. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Entirely. You. I mean, you know, and, you know, your speaking career is really, really amassed into an amazing, uh, you know, array of, of top name people you speak with. And, you know, I applaud you on that as well. And, and you, you're so humble and down to earth. And that's what we love about the authenticity you carry. We, uh, with Authentic You Media, have a division of our company called Authentic You Presentations. And each one of our, our, our hosts, so we're going to be presenting uh, webinars very soon, and those webinars are going to go to live events. And we will be, we're going to be in L.A. in December. We're going to be going to New Zealand. We're going to be in London. We're going to be in Australia. Amazing. We're going to be doing the major Wonderful. cities of the U.S. These are speaking events. Uh, and we're definitely going to be in touch with you and Aaron because uh, we would like to include you in our on our billing. As we've well, got thank you. phenomenal, authentic people coming forward that have got a message. It's going to be, these will be two-day events, and uh, we're just we're just excited. The 2014 schedule is being put together. Emily, our, our back office lovely lady, Emily West Sadler from the UK, is our, our you know runs the back end for us in this company, and also is is a uh, <laughs> she promotes and does everything for us. Um, and produces shows as well. Thank you, Emily. And uh, was was very nice to uh, see if we wanted to help out with this, which was great. And we are thrilled about that. We're, you know, you've been on the speaking tour. Michelle and I are both speakers, but we're you know we haven't been out there a lot. Uh, but we've got an impactful message ourselves to get out, and it is this authentic message. And it's what I love about what you say. Now there'd be maybe men out there that, uh, and or women that might say, "Whoa, hold on, that's a little strong." But you know what? You're absolutely right. Because there has to be an equality. It's okay to have an opinion, and it's okay to disagree oh. with me. You know, it's okay you know to what? say, I don't like her at all, and I don't like her opinion. That's okay. I'd, I'd rather people have an opinion, and that's what I really empower women, especially. Have an opinion, and it's okay if people exactly. don't like you. It's exactly. okay. You can't please everybody. There's going to be people. I'd rather be loved or hated than be in between. Reminds me of that expression, you can please some of the people some of the time, but not all the people all the time. And, yeah, so and you have your true, message, and it's you. And if you're true to you, you can't change that anyways. I can't change right. that anyways. And I've tried to tailor my talks for, you know, some organization, and then they say, well, can you please talk about this? or talk? And I think, but that's not what I talk about. So right. I learned you know, to I have not a, I have do a one of my one of, one of my One of my great mentors, amongst the few that I have, that I could say great, is Mr. James Malinchek, which is ABC's The Secret Millionaire, first season out. And James says, many times he's asked to come and speak an event, and he said, well, we're this kind of group, so you could do this, right? And he goes, no, you got the wrong guy. Yeah, that's me too. I've turned down a lot of things. Like people are, you know, <laughs> I, I look at, you know, we talk about this book. Do you know why it's gone on nine months with my publisher? Because I, it's the art of negotiating. 
And you have to, there's a certain point where you say, I can't negotiate this any further. This is what I have to say. This is the message. And, and, and I, again, it's scary at first because I, I think a lot of times, you know, I did an event with Dr. Phil, and I'll, I'll use this one because I bombed. Um, and I say it because I, that, that, was, that was probably nine years Beauty. ago. And I, I did an event with him, and you know I was expecting to do an hour-long talk, and uh, and this is no slight on Dr. Phil, but he decided you know Robin was in France, and I say this jokingly, but I wouldn't want him to hear and then go, is she cutting me up? I'm not. I'm not being rude or disrespectful. This is a fact. He wanted to get out early. He wanted to end the show early. He needed me to take my hour talk down to half an hour. I wasn't prepared back then. I wasn't an expert at what I did, but I had a message, and I I planned it and practiced and planned for an hour. And exactly what I was going to say, I had a whole presentation up on this. It had to be changed. I had to in five minutes figure out what I was going to do because that's what Dr. Phil wanted. And I I bombed because I went, okay, I can do it. And I went out in front of 6,000 people. 6,000 people was the size of the audience. That's like you just see for as long as you can see and you think, I cannot believe I'm up here. And, I mean, I had a lot of people that loved me, but I had a lot of people that told me, you know, that sucked. And I cried for probably a month. And then I learned that, you, you know, number one, there isn't one make or break in your life. And if you've had a break, get back up and say sorry to who you need to say sorry to. And if it's to yourself, say it and then get back on the horse and go out there again. And the, the clearer that I got on who I was and what my message was, I could have done that talk in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, because I would have just known there's a key point that I need to say. And when you're not sure about who you are, you're, you're trying to tailor everything to what you think people want to hear instead right. of... Uh- realizing exactly. that if you share what you need to share, there's people that need to hear that, mm, you and know, you come it to, will work. Over, too. There's a thing about overwhelm. When you get onto high-powered programming like that, especially as you were starting out, I mean, Dr. Phil's a big name, let's, be, let's, let's face it, next thing to Oprah, right? And he's great. He's got a great show. I watch him, I watch him religiously, and I thank him very much. Uh, you know, and and I see a lot of good stuff on that show. So phenomenal you get on there, but you know what? This is the way I look at it. Let's flip the switch on that. You might have thought, oh, no, I bombed. You didn't bomb. You didn't bomb. You know why? Because you were on the Dr. Phil show. Well, yeah, it was actually an event. It wasn't on the show, but it was still a live event, and I was the opening act. And it was great. And it's the fact that I can say I did this. And it's okay, because the truth is I didn't bomb, but I was – I didn't do a – it doesn't matter. The point really that I'm saying is there's always a second take. There's always a third take. There's always a fourth take. And even if wherever you're at in your life and you feel like you've been slacked down, you've lost faith in yourself, you've, I, I've had it. We've all had it. And I think too many times when we read a bio, I have my own radio shows, and when you read someone's bio, what you're reading is all these accomplishments. But in between all my accomplishments were a lot of failures. That's right. And, and if you, you read the full bio – they make us who we are, and you get you said you get yourself back up, and you start off. You get yourself we've back up, and the failures are where you learn the most. Three minutes left. Can you believe it? Wow, I girls! Know. I know. I'm, I'm checking the clock. Ladies, this is amazing. Crystal, contact information for those that are out there, and if you'd like to send a personal message out to our audience, your international. Thank you. I would. It's Crystal Andrus, like a crystal. My mom did well. She named me a good name. It suits me. C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, Crystal Andrus, A-N-D-R-U-S.com. Come to my website. I have lots of free gifts. I have a seven MP3 daily um, course that you can take to really help you crystallize your dreams. I have a 21-day course that's free. You know, it's basically a month of just coming into my universe and listening if this message resonates with you. I have a course starting next um Geez, Wednesday night, it's uh, the 12-week Total Transformation Telecourse, Get the Emotional Edge, uh, for women only. And uh, there's a three-month payment plan option on that. It's only $2.99. It's not expensive. I always try to make things really doable because I try to remember back to when I was there. And I still could be there. That's the, cra- <laughs> that's the crazy thing is the never thing. Like, the Lord giveth and taketh away. But the reality is once you've known how to create, you can always recreate. And that's why you have to be empowered in your life. You have to create your own success. You have to, because if you didn't make it, you won't, you'll always be afraid it will be taken from you. So that, that's what I teach is how to create your greatest life. And once you've done it once, it doesn't matter what life hits you with, you'll be able to do it again and again and again. And what we learn to do is not have the valleys to stay on the highs. And it's possible. You know, I, I, Michelle, and I know we only have a minute left, Michelle talked about Madonna 
as that first eight. You know, I remember one of the songs she sings, and she said, you know, we've all been taught that what goes up must come down. It doesn't have to. What goes up can go up and stay up, and it just changes, but it will stay up. It will change and transform, but it can stay up. And if you can take that philosophy, you no longer have to live the roller coaster of life. You don't have to emotionally be on a roller coaster. You don't have to financially be on a roller coaster. You can be strong and steady. Awesome. Thank you. What a beautiful message, Crystal. And thank you so much for being on with Michelle and I. Folks, this is Authentic You Media, Authentic You Radio, interviews with Authentic You. I'm Jeffrey Miller, the interventionist, and my co-host, Michelle Abo, the celebrity numerologist. Get in touch with us also, and listen to us next week for another show. Crystal, you will be back, and we will be in touch. Thank you. Yes, you will. And we thank you so very much (laughs) today. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us today. We had our special VIP guest, Crystal Andrus. We thank you for listening in to Interviews with Authentic You. Have a marvelous day and a lovely week, and we'll see you next week. Same time, same Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.